0: Okay, so what we're going to talk about today is uh, a little bit of everything. We've had uh, the last Open Workout 20.1 happen uh, since our last conversation. So we're going to open up with that. But then, as well as that, we've had, uh, or Andy has had, his in house elite athletes, um, Jamie and Elliot. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that's been, some of the things he's noticed, and uh, try to unpack some things and sort of see where. There may be some uh, bits and pieces that people can pick up and utilize and use for their own training. So, Andy, did you do 21.1?
1: Yeah. How was
0: Terrible. it? I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm, not,
1: I, I'm, not, I'm not as fit as I used to be. Uh, quite embarrassing, embarrass, embarrassingly so. Uh, but yeah. I've got to be honest, I've got you know, wife, two children, I um, haven't trained, all that kind of jazz, but it still has a. Uh, a negative effect on 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 on, on me on, on I don't want to say on my mental health, but on me on my on my psyche, just because, wow, well, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, I did the workout Friday morning. I'm doing it just to sort of give everyone an idea of how it's going to be, where the bottlenecks are going to start up. And as soon as I did it, I was like, I'll do this again. I'll get a better score. Um, I you know it was, and I think everyone who did repeat it got a better score. Um, but it's still burned. You know, so um, yeah, I think it caught a lot of people out like, just because maybe a snag on the double-unders because it's quite a significant amount of double-unders. Um, and that, 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 I, I would see that as, like, watching Jamie do it. You know, Jamie went sub-12, but snag on the double-unders, like nobody's business, and um, still went sub-12 because she was very efficient on the wall. And so, like, some of the other girls who were, like, 11, 20 and all that, they must have had just like perfect double unders. You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. That, that, that's, you know, and when you start it's like a skill like that, watching Elliot go twice, um, you know, where he, um, you know, really dug in Fifteens is the big thing for the elites. If you lost time on the 15 handstand push pushups, um, it just doesn't give, leave you enough time. It, uh, yeah. Sorry. I, I won't walk. Sorry. It just does. Yeah. we we'll walks. So it just doesn't leave you enough time. So I think um, that was the big thing where, where the bottleneck for, the for, for, Average Joe such as myself, would be.
0: Um, yeah. But yeah, I it's think good. the, I mean, what I know is sort of the, um, because of the movement itself, the wall walk, I think uh, in, in terms of a movement, I think you're probably looking at like the slowest cycle time. Um, so rep per, you know, seconds per rep. Um, so trying to get people to be sort of super efficient there and trying to unpack it to a point where they can like develop a bit of a tempo and a bit of an understanding of, okay, this is how I do it. Uh, I sort of think back to like the dumbbell snatches in 2017. And I remember on my first attempt, it was dumbbell snatch, put it on the floor, dumbbell snatch, and there was no sort of exchange in front of me. There was no touch and go reps. Um, And once people have sort of started to develop that, there's like an understanding around it. And I think the general community now sort of starts to perform movements in certain ways. I tell you what's really interesting as well as actually is so these um, sort of kettlebell classes that I've been teaching on the beach is sometimes you can see when people like CrossFitters rock up because there's like certain ways that they go about certain movements and it's a little bit less sort of uh, you could say traditional kettlebell type stuff, but you can you can see elements of that and I think the um, the open is a big um, you know the amount of YouTube videos that you can see on wall walk efficiency now um but it was interesting because the wall walks is there are movement i program but there's something that i program more is just like this is a grinder type workout we're going to do dumbbell box step overs heavy you're going to do sandbag carries you know usually it's like i throw it as part of like a 20 minute piece which is lower on the intensity side but it's hard and it sort of makes people suffer a little bit and it it, a lot of the time it's about trying to make sure sure people can sort of grit through stuff like that um but then getting get, it's, it was almost like maybe a say doing Turkish get ups for for time that's something which well, is
1: that's what I would agree with is, is in terms of um I necessarily and I still believe they're not a, a an exercise to be done for intensity but then when you quantify it and put it into a competitive environment and the reason being is is that your form is going to fail I mean the amount of times people fell off the wall because it sped it up Arch their back, you know, for what that wall walk is there driven for in terms of mastery of a skill, you know, know, if you would have added intensity to it, it starts to dissipate. Likewise with the Turkish get up. I mean, um, having trained under someone who is skilled in kettlebells. And it's like one of the slowest exercises that you do because you're going to be holding positions through multi-joint, um, and then you're trying to develop strength through that joint rotation and stuff. Whereas if you try and do it for volume or as a in, through intensity, I don't give a shit about that. I just want to get from A to B as quickly as you can. You know, um, so that 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 would be my, my my negative connotation for it. Can it be used as an intensity piece? Hundred um, percent. But is that what it's designed for? probably
0: not yeah yeah i mean it's it's generally like a strengthening exercise or a sub or something like that that people would use um you know for general handstand type one thing i would say that's quite good about it though is that it does highlight the sort of good positioning that you do need to have you know for, for example i had a couple of athletes who have difficulties going overhead and they, you know, and and, and that in itself is is just a very stubborn thing to try and develop. It's not like, you know, opening up your hip. So I I feel like going overhead for a lot of people can be uh, quite unnatural. And um, we've worked quite a lot on trying to, you know, get their handstand position good for handstand push-ups. But then this sort of threw a bit of a spanner in the works. But with that said, what it will do is it will give us, something else to train for, and it will make things more well-rounded. And I do think that the Open needs to sort of continue doing that in a sense, you know, whether they do it, I've, you know, I feel like the there's definitely, you know, some keys to the Open, the burpee, the thruster, the chest, of bar, like these are the types of things that you, you're expecting to sort of see and have come up year on year. Um, but there also still needs to be some element of like novel activity uh, An unknown, so that people can actually start to overcome these obstacles. Um, but as always, twenty-one point one for a first workout in the open threw a lot of people off, and I think it also threw a lot of people who are skilled athletes. Um, similar to the dumbbell snatch, burpee box jump over the wall ball, and the the row, it was accessible, and I think that you're probably going to start. Yeah, yeah, we've got what a dumbbell a box a barbell and a pull-up station to come up over the next two workouts and i do feel like they may have to use those because they've sort of told people okay well, you know, these this is the equipment list that you have and people will be you know going out of their way i've had an athlete buy a pull-up station um for the open so it's like okay but they, they may be um sort of forced into that so that's potentially what we might see yeah um well, likewise to so
1: when the dumbbells got came introduced again, as 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 an affiliate owner, as a CrossFit programmer, we would have tended to stay away from certain movements with the dumbbell, and you know, so uh, for me, where you know, that's where CrossFit, the the competitive sport element is generally leads on the um, is that symbiotic nature between the, the the training program, because you know, prior to that. Uh, people wouldn't necessarily include as many dumbbells. You know, dumbbells is so universal. You can do CrossFit at home with a dumbbell, but we were afraid of doing it with said dumbbell because, or, or maybe not including it or not considering it because it wasn't necessarily part of the, um, you know, the, the ecosystem at the time until it happened. Likewise, the wall work. wall work has always been fairly prevalent within, cross it in a warm-up activity or an exercise activity but maybe could have been neglected in terms of you know that workout piece you know and it and it certainly does develop um, you know some structural um, benefits by getting yourself upside down walking put weight on the hands etc um, but the the range of motion requirements would just be slightly different depending on the individual you know I mean um, the, the the movement standard that they did have i felt was a really good one um in that you know the chest trying to touch a chest to the wall <laughs> you know you can definitely see people with those tight tight upper backs tight thoracics like right? just sort of like banana in to get their uh, hips and shoulders against the wall so um yeah I think it was, you know, it's, it's, it's been good and it is always is a challenge you know?
0: yeah well what was the um I mean, I suppose, you know, you've, you've supported Jamie from distance through open workouts, through lots of, you know, through online format of the games and the, uh, the rogue <clears throat> competition as well. What was it like sort of, I, I mean, you, you've also been around her in person when you were in, um, you did a train camp, didn't you? And I think everyone was doing the final open workout, weren't they a couple of years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... But,
1: the biggest yeah, difference just, just, is um, it's just being here. So, like, let's say for example, um understanding the volume and elite level CrossFit can actually handle and actually telling them when to slow down as well. Um, so, let's take yesterday's session, right? So, at the moment in time, because of the open Monday through to Wednesday is uh, there's, a, there's a lot of volume. There's a lot of work to get through. Recovery on that Thursday is. Um, you know, is, is, is needed. Um, it's active recovery, so she's in here this morning doing you know, sixty to ninety minutes, whatever she wants to do on the, on, on a watt bike, right? So we've changed up the watt, but you just change it up, keep it low impact. Uh, I ask her to follow a particular program on there, or she can just choose when she just goes in as a sweat, right? Just to sort of keep everything moving, preparing for Saturday. So we're doing it on Saturday over the last three days. What I've seen is um, the effect that doing the open on monday morning as a repeat has had on certain exercises on both you know her and jamie you know uh, sorry her and um elliot sorry uh, and when just to sort of say cool enough is enough or or go on a little bit more so like yesterday for example um we decided to do some pull-ups and some uh overhead squats just you know as a stimulus i programmed 15 and 12 thinking of you know maybe in a two-minute window Jamie comes off and you know it's not enough volume so I just go right just do an extra round of nines okay so we've got that um and uh 15 12 9 uh we rest three minutes after it and then we go again we do two more of that if I wasn't there she'd be just doing 15 and 12. Yeah you, you know what I mean um we also canned it for, uh, four rounds we went to three because i didn't want to go any more than a certain number of pull-ups you know because like otherwise we're starting to increase uh risk you know coming into the open and stuff and fatigue and then we had the ability to change the second part so you know it wasn't written down elliot wanted to do some handstand push-ups and ghds so then we ended up just changing it within her capacity now this is the this is the this is the crux of it right is that what I feel an elite level athlete can do, right? They can generally do more. And that's, and that, and that, and that's, that's been the biggest thing here, specifically with, you know, with Jamie, Jamie, Jamie and Elliot. Um, and more so with Jamie, because that's, uh, that's the person that I've built up the, um, the trainer relationship up with, okay? So um, yesterday we just decided, right, okay, so, so my head volume, I always work a volume in a session, right? So um, we went three rounds, Ten strict handstand pushups, twenty uh, GHDs, and then again same format. We just went every five minutes. All right. So again, that gives her a total volume of sixty strict handstand pushups and one hundred and twenty GHDs. Ample enough for a session. Uh, you know, I think you'd agree. But because we'd done it in that capacity, and we just decided to do it, there's extra work in her. That was the big thing. Is that as I, I being on site, I can see if someone's had enough or needs more.
0: Yeah. So you know, what are some of the things what what are some of the things that you're looking at to sort of indicate when someone either yeah I mean obviously you're going to be looking for certain certain requirements in terms of the movement but when when is someone having too much compared to when is someone needing more
1: um movement you know, we are, you know, we, we are the masters of movement within the CrossFit as a sport. The more efficient you are, the better you are. Um, fatigue, so just general fatigue on, on the individual. How do they approach the training session? What's their warm-up like? Um, how do they move in the barbell? What's the speed of the bar? That kind of jazz. Um, so it's in these, these in-person things, you know. And, and as a programmer, um, you know, from the previous time when I have been competing, um, you know, you do get a better sense of it, but you know, obviously, since that time that the, the game has moved on, and so this is where it's like actually having someone now who's at the pinnacle of the sport, or two people who are at the pinnacle of the sport, we get to have a better understanding of what people are, have, have, yeah, have the ability uh, to, to to do, um, which, in all fairness, is improving. My programming, so the best way to overall look at all this is that i've I've got a structure I've got a plan in which I want the guys to sort of run towards you know, and that's you know Elliot's on a slightly different one because he's working with jay uh, with josie um but I allow them the freedom to pick and choose bits and pieces what they do as long as it fits within the in the parameter Does that make sense so trying to bring that the 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 strength and condition scientific uh method into it and then just making bits and pieces. So for example, who would have known CrossFitters don't like moving weights slow? So when we're doing accessory work, I'm like, pause, slow down. And they're like, oh, you know, little things like that, you know. So, um, it, it, you know, it's really interesting, you know, it's, um, and, I, and is this, you know, only, only results will tell, you know, and that's at the end of the day, we could be doing it right, we could be doing it wrong, but I, I feel as if it's, it's, there's another added level to the guy's training, um, because they've just got someone watching them. And some, someone that they, um, they, 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 they trust and they you know, respect their viewpoints on. I, I, I've not gone so far as to change anything technically too much at this moment in time, because I just don't feel it's right with actually in a competition scenario. So we might try and do bits and pieces um, after the final uh, open workout. Oh, no, no, it's only 10 days until the quarterfinals end. So once the quarterfinals are done, then we might have a look at doing bits and pieces. But then Jamie's actually got to uh, uh, travel down to Oceania at some point. So we need to take that into consideration. But yeah, I mean, like it's like anything. It's like what you've told your athletes that you work with online is like nothing is ever going to replicate that in-person um, experience. And so what we've done here is that we've just got the program which we're working towards. We've got the in-person experience, and then we're mashing it together. I mean... The lucky thing is, is I get to train with them at the same time. So like yesterday, I'm like, I'm done after the pull-ups and the, um, the overhead squats, right? So like, uh, it, it, I mean, this is the thing, right? And I, it, I don't think, all right, that as a, as a coach within CrossFit, yeah, I mean, I, I, a coach within CrossFit at the elite level, I can look at things, I can adjust things, and guess what? These athletes will listen and they'll do it. But the the you know it's like I'm I'm there doing a little bit of training, but I've always got one eye on each one of them just to make sure that they you know they're doing bits and pieces. They give them some feedback, but they're moving well. They're moving, you know they're hitting range of motion requirements, you know, and and, and, and you know they're 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 doing what's asked of them. Um, but it's the, it's the it's the element of sort of kind of being in there and understanding what they can handle as well. So I mean it's 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 a good little sort of you know, like I'd be, if there are CrossFit coaches out there that watch competitive athletes just train all the time, then, you know, you, you love CrossFit more than I do. And I'm like, cheap creepers, <laughs> like, so many thrusters, you know, and burpees I can sort of go through. But I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say with that is what we're, within the element of the sport of CrossFit, the coach has to, the coach has to know the sufferer. You know what I mean? That's where, that's where I think it's starting to realise certain bits and pieces. Like, um, you know, I don't want to, I think we can give bits and pieces, away. we did, um, this, we did a workout where it was 15 toes to bar, 12 touch and go power cleans, and then arm wrap burpees over the bar. Okay. Set the weight one thirty five, ninety five, something like that. Yeah. Elliot's got time frame was 90 seconds, 60 seconds rest. Okay. Six rounds. So started off bam elliot's gone 155 so he wants to do 70 kilos right bam, he's had to go down to nines can't stay at the 12s jamie's gone 5, 115 115 uh, pounds 12 touch and go every single round yeah. you know you know i mean and this is after 15 toes to bar. and then I, I three th- three 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 rounds in i just decided right switch it over and the reason why i did that is because my grip was burning up and so I'm just trying to challenge the guys by changing bits and pieces as well. And this is the sort of the feedback element is that, you know, these guys can just you know, really push it.
0: Yeah. So I mean, there's definitely a, well, there's, a, there's a number of layers that I want to sort of highlight there. I definitely think that I get what you mean when you sort of talk about um, not necessarily realizing how much, um, sort of top end athletes can do, and 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 in my experience of it as being, um, <clears throat> like when I visited an athlete or when an athlete has visited me, there's been some, certain times where I definitely feel like, oh right, like yeah, I feel like you've got more in this and you're handling this better than you've you know demonstrated in comments and stuff like that before. So let's just let's just crack on with it. I think some of the, the with the biggest limitation with remote coaching is that first and foremost you have got to keep your athletes safe. And it's like so therefore it's like you don't want to overload them with too much. So you know a key uh, heuristic that I use is trying not to increase anything by more than ten percent week to week, especially when you're like in a in a in a in a preparation phase away from competition. So sometimes I uh, you know I've if you would see say blog type training programs and it's like one week they're doing, I don't know, say 120 toes to bar in, in, in the week. And then the, the following week, they're doing like say 40 altogether or something like that. And it's like, so it's you, you and, and the limitation there is the fact that you sort of probably want to like bring it back down. So that maybe they're not doing 120 in the week and then bring it up. So they're maybe doing a little bit more than 40 in the week and just sort of try to keep it a bit of more of an even keel. Um, and I think that just a, just a quick question, Andy. Like, because I think functional volume is definitely something which has become a little bit more apparent, and people understand that if you want to be able to perform in the open at a certain level, you need to be able to crack out, you know, twenty to forty muscle ups at intensity in a, in a workout with a lot of different interference. You need to be able to do one hundred and fifty wall balls potentially. You need to be able to do, say, up to like near near on. Uh, let's say 60 to 80 chest of maybe even like up to 100, right? What are some of the the, the landmarks or what are the, some of the numbers that you sort of feel, okay, that's too much for a session and maybe this is what we're trying to get in week to week without giving too many, 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 too many secrets away <laughs> about how you think and stuff like that. But like, there, do, you have, um, do, you, do you have anything yes. like that in, in, in your head when you're going through or, or even when you're making these adjustments session to session? Yeah.
1: Yes, so I guess I, ha- I did have a sort of a rule of thumb. And um, what I just want to say is, is that even the, uh, it's, it's only t- it's taken now this three weeks to understand what the guys can, because I didn't change anything when we started. Does that make sense? So it's only now I can, but anyway, um, 50 muscle-ups um, in a session for an elite-level competitor, uh, uh, more or more because right, I've seen more but I reckon 50s the round around about 40 to 50 in a, in a session so uh, Monday we um, we did thrusters we did um, row thruster five rounds row muscle up five rounds basically minute efforts uh, uh two minutes off um, so in that then we I was looking for minimum of uh, at that at that level so 60 plus at uh 95 and 135 I think or oh, was it oh, no so it was 10 uh, sorry uh 85 or 95 and then 105 like, no 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 I was doing 115 so whatever the women equivalent of that is um so for me I was bare minimum so I'm kind of come in at 50 reps all right over that so 10 so uh trying to work uh 12 calories 10 Elliot pushed it closer to like 15 16 um Jay was what probably like eighteens and then we had to had to adjust the calories for her to try and pull her reps back down because I don't want to sort of go over that over those kind of things. Muscle ups, trying to get both of them as close to fifty as possible, adjusting the calories, um, you know, you know, to, to develop that and the and the under fatigue, etc. But that's a training stimulus, that's not crossfit. You know, because obviously we'd have to try and train put put and pieces in there. Handstand push-ups, so, so strict handstand push-ups, so strict handstand push-ups, minimum fifty in any session. Okay, I just see it as a building tool and stuff like that. Kipping, maybe even more. Um, squatting movements. Um, it's got to be a minimum hundred. You know, depending on the load. Um, you know, um,
0: we yeah, hit- if you're looking at like what, like a ninety-five pound thruster, sixty-five pound thruster. You're, yeah, you're looking more towards that, but obviously as it's getting heavier you're not doing that with uh, 100 kilo squat cleans. no
1: so like uh, yeah so like hinging um hinging is an interesting one because crossfit is a lot of hinging i mean people you know i think you train the squat to get the hinge slightly better um so light loads we'd be going pushing towards 100 so if you think about a randy so like a randy weight, so 35 kilos for the dudes, that's like, a, we're, we're 100 reps. We're using that as a metabolic issue. It's not like anything other than sort of barbell cycling. Um, as I mentioned, the 12 touch and goes So that's a 12 touch and go where the grip starts to fail. So again, it's more of a question of an aerobic kind of conditioning piece rather than a heavy barbell cycle. Um, because I think there's some magic that kind of happens between focusing on primarily heavy lifts and that barbell conditioning where you can get a little bit of wiggle room in between. Um we'll have to wait and see if that works out. But um the reason being is is that I find heavy barbell cycling is kind of detrimental to the training um adaptation. Uh you know, from a fat- from a fatigue kind of perspective. Like I mean watching these guys try and re re recoup the a uh, heavy uh double a jerk and like right not putting that into a program again it's too risky you know so um you know we, we we've gone through a three-week process of going three front squats three jerks two front squats two jerks and then next week or the week uh the week following it'll be like two front squats and one jerk okay but i, I as, as a programmer uh, you know, I've now looked at that and the recycling element of it and I'm like, well, it's just too risky to like, bring a heavy load down onto the front rack and then try and go again. It looks great for Instagram, but, I you, know, you know, you know, I'm just leave it to the competition. So there's little bits and pieces like that, which has enhanced my experience as a, as a coach and as a programmer and little tick boxes, which i want to take away because fundamentally, you know, you want to limit the amount of risk, limit the risk, limit the injury potential, maximize training, adaptation. Um you know, um, but, you know, th- certain things that we've started to do now is that we are focusing on 3 to ones in the, in the power lifts, in the, in the Olympic lifts. Power lifts, we're we using more as a strength base, so we're more in the 3-5 the, the to five parameter, but um, all the ollie lifts are 3-1s. to ones, three, You know, we're trying to really just trying to highlight that. We started doing it yesterday, and I can't believe it's taken us so long, but we just got seats now. We just sit down in between the reps <laughs> trying to encourage – uh, recovery and uh you know yeah, yeah. stuff
0: like that, you know, rather than sort of standing I mean, that's, that's that's a huge one. I think uh I mean I think my when I did when I did pretty much just weightlifting for about eight months, that was one of the, the biggest things I noticed is that like when you're when you're just doing, you know, two two, maybe three at the very most lifting pieces in a the session, then um you know and then you you have your conditioning or whatever you know like you're when your training is a lot more polarized you sort of work in one end of the sort of strength power endurance continuum and then you work in the other um you 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 can sort of get away with you know just going into a session and I think there's a little bit of attitude amongst the sort of crossfitters that like being a bit tired when you do stuff is okay which i do think is really important but I think it's important that you you actually just train those qualities as opposed to trying to change the design of the session or like, or approaching rest periods differently. Like when you are trying to get strong, get strong. And um, yeah, just being able to sort of sit down, take a few, you know, I think the 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 hardest part of that sometimes is just sort of like sitting with yourself with it, if that makes sense. Um, I noticed that like when I was lifting with others, it was a lot easier just to sit down between sets. But then when I was lifting by myself, it was like, well, you know, you got your phone or whatever. And it's like, you know, and I know you're a big fan of phones with training, but <laughs> when you when you are by yourself, you got all those potential distractions. Um, but yeah, one thing I wanted to circle back to, Andy, was um just this sort of idea that you you know, you obviously have different coach athlete relationships and different situations. You got, you know, the coach which is a little bit more where, you know, the coach athlete relationship where it's a little bit more of a um uh i've lost the word now um collaboration whereas a little bit more of a collaboration is a little bit more of like okay um as a coach you're saying this is the grand master plan this is what we're looking for this is what we want to sort of see um this is what we're going to be doing today but then you creating those options and creating a little bit of autonomy around the process. Um, because, you know, I know that there's probably athletes out there that just don't want that. They don't want to have any autonomy on it. They want to just be told, do this so that they can just, you know, focus in on it and be, you know, quite, you know, they just operate, which I do think there is some value behind that. And I think that like there comes a certain time when you've got to do that. Um, but like right now we're in a phase of training, you know, where there's a lot more variants. There's a lot more sports specific type stuff. It's a lot more going off the feel of the athlete and, and that type of stuff. I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, if, if, say for instance, well, I know that that is the case with my athletes who are trying to push for, um, you know, to, to get as far uh, through this stage as they can, but I know obviously you, you're working with elite athletes. So, you know, you may be approaching this time of year a little bit differently, but like, how does how does that work? And then, you know, how do you uh, like the, do, is, it, is autonomy something that you want to be developing? Um, some
1: form of autonomy. I mean, you know, self-regulation. Because if we're talking about the, the competitive element of fitness, when that person's out on the floor, they have to understand exactly where their fitness is at, where their strengths and their weaknesses lie, so that they can adapt, they can push, and they can really try and maintain it. And that's one of the big things that we've seen from the best people in this sport is that they understand themselves as much as possible. Our sport is training. Like, you know, whatever way you want to think about it, it's squats, it's this, you know. So having an accountability in training, you know, you see something on the program, is understanding, do you know what, today I'm not going to fucking hit that because I just don't feel great. Or, do you know what, I'm going to do a couple of extra reps, I've got a little bit in the bank, all right, I might do an extra round or something. That's the kind of autonomy I think that it's, you know, um, that, that I think should be grown, other athletes might want to do more than that, you know, and have some more say in and in input in what's what they do. Others might have a bit less. So I think it's more, you know, we've gone onto a continuum slash range in terms of what that is, but there has to be has to be for a competitive athlete some form of um, autonomy involved in their training. You know, and that's just because they're the ones who are going out there and doing it and what they don't want to be is lost when they go onto the competition floor. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, that was like, I think a big a shift a couple of years ago that I sort of started to have with more and more experienced athletes was just like in catch-ups and stuff, asking them, what is the thing that you feel like you need to work on the most here? Or like, what is the thing that you don't feel confident in? What's the thing that's going to trip you up in competition? What's the thing that keeps you up at night, right? And I think there is obviously you have – you may have an athlete who has just like a bias towards something. They may just sort of, you know, they may just feel more insecure about an element of their uh, game. And in those cases, sometimes it's useful to just refer to, I see this quite often with strength. I think sometimes it's nice to be strong and it's, but the effort, Once someone's really well-trained, the effort to get someone a lot stronger is like, it, it's like that can sometimes pull back away from someone's fitness and just sort of chasing, say for instance, powerlifting numbers. That in itself is something that can actually be detrimental to someone at a certain stage. And like, I think a lot of the time, the sort of harsh reality of it is that when people become trained for a number of years and they've gone through uh, that sort of beginner gains, and they've you know gone through a little bit of intermediate gains. Once they start to get into that more advanced level of experience. Your numbers float around the sort of a similar number and it's like, it takes considerable efforts to try to push things up, um, you know, even just a couple of kilos, Um, but bringing it back to the point, I think that, you know, in those cases, you sort of have to bring it back to the data and say, well, look, you know, max effort attempts have only been put into these competitions or whatever, this amount of times. And what we are, what are we seeing? We're seeing a lot more heavier repeatable barbell type stuff. Um, And yeah, but I think that, you know, most people will usually say like, Okay, um, yeah, I, I don't feel confident here. And I um I try to get people to be as descriptive as possible with that type of stuff because it could you know, I've had worked with coaches who are like, it starts to talk scientific to me and and I'm like, just just tell me literally like what is you know, what is is your feeling in the middle of a workout that feels so crappy and it's just like then, you know, I can try to dissect that and Um, but I think the, um, getting the athlete to have to weigh in and, uh, make sure that they are a part of the process for their development in the decision-making of it is really, really important because it, um, yeah, like, I mean, you know, there's so much out there in the sort of leadership and management literature talking about, you know, making people part of the process and making them bought into it and that type of stuff, making them, you know, making the decisions about their development and how they go about that and their performance. It, it, it buys people in a lot better. Um, but with that said, I think uh, the beginners and those people getting into it, they sort of do need to be drilled a little bit and they need to develop more, I would say, autonomy around their process and around how they go about stuff and not necessarily on the, the details of their training and how they go about that. They want to talk, you know, they want to have autonomy about you know what is going to make you have the best habits in your training right now like just focus in on that you know if you're going to read anything about um training and and all this type of stuff like you know read about sports psychology read about nutrition read about all the stuff that you sort of take care of away from the gym and then in the gym, just be a bit of a robot get through the work build the volume build those years of experience and then eventually it's Okay, let's hone in this gym time and figure out what it is that you really need to work on and be a little bit more specific with. Um, yeah.
1: Well, it's a bit like uh, one of Louis Sim- Simmons sayings, isn't it? Um, is it the, uh, to learn Kung Fu, the training must be uh, severe. severe. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's the case because um, those, like if we have a look at West Side, right? And I, again, you know, that training environment, prepared those boys and girls apologies prepared them all those athletes for the competition floor okay you could probably say that if we take Matt Frazier for example his way of training and prepared him because he's a great trainer on his own does that make sense Okay, he he is very self-motivated and seems to be able to suffer, and you know, and so and so he comes there. And I and I just think you know you can't do it all the time, but there has to be some form of that competition replication, whether it's going next to someone. I think we've mentioned this in in a previous podcast before. You know, it's just because it's if nothing's ever going to replicate the competition, but you want to try and replicate it as much as you can in a minimum dose response environment because, you know, you can't max out every day, can you? Um, but, you know, it's that, you know, I think that's what we, um, that's what the balance has to be. You know? And specifically, I guess that's what, you know, bringing it back round in terms of like how we work with people online and how, and how people can approach their training is, you know, I, the, the the feedback mechanism I have here now is where, you know, where, where I've now been overcautious to minimise risk and maximise the training and adaptation, I've got a little bit more flexibility in that, you know. Um, and again, it's just like how we, the only way in which we can create that over uh, an online piece is if people start to take a little bit more accountability for, um, you know, their training, etc. Because um, you know, I, 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 people change pe- stuff in, change, change it out, it do not particularly bother me, because you know as long as it doesn't affect the stimulus which you're trying to create that makes sense i
0: i think as well you know one of the things i i've experienced is you know sometimes people don't necessarily actually want to do the thing that's going to make them the best and the most balanced and you know like sometimes people actually do want to push their training more towards a certain direction and um you know, like I collaborate with a few people who are like, I want to still do CrossFit, but I like to do weightlifting. And I sort of want to approach that, you know, say halfway as a weightlifter would. So they want to be, you know, going through um, specific strength pieces for their weightlifting, working a lot more on sort of the positions and that type of stuff. But they still have a bit of a throwdown and a bit of, you know, um, bit of a bit of a dose of CrossFit and the fun stuff at the end of it. And I think that there's, like, there's, you it's, know... It's, 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 here,
1: you know, sorry to cut, but this, uh, just, this is the same with Jane Ellen. It's one of the things that they said to me. It's like, like, we understand we have to do this training, you know, for the sport, but fundamentally, we're in the sport because we love CrossFit. And so we just want to do a bit more, you know, a little bit of CrossFit, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, like, I don't know whether it's, like, a Witten or something. <laughs> you know, they've just got to chuck that in Yeah, there.
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I tell you what's interesting is that my, a friend, a friend of mine, um, and I are starting to put together like a uh, basically just a training program for ourselves. You know, we've been you know doing various things online and stuff like that. And there's definitely some stuff that we should do because we, you know, we um, do jujitsu or whatever. But um, you know, there's also just an element of like we're like, oh, you know, we've been doing this bodybuilding thing, this weight training stuff. Maybe we should just put it together in like a conditioning piece and throw in some skiing and some sled. Pushes between, and it's like, okay, we just, you know, have a 10 minute, 15 minute blowout at the end of it, get a bit of a pump, but also get a little bit of that thing. And it's like, there would be potentially like a thing that we, you know, like we should generally be probably not doing that. We could probably go about, you know, getting a pump on in a little bit more of an efficient way, but. You know, we, we've got ninety ninety minutes in the gym three times a week. We're like, okay, well let's just throw this thing together because there's there's that level of enjoyment. So I think that as much as um you know, people want to be doing the perfect program that's very specific and it's gonna make them super balanced and get them the best performance they need, I think that as well as that you almost you you need to enjoy it, you need to have you need to be all grounded in like what your you know what, what are the reasons that you're going through this training and through this little bit of suffering each day? Are it, it, what What is that for? And then when you do need to, you can then sort of go, go monk mode before your competitions and that type of thing where you literally need to get to work because the, uh, the enjoyment of succeeding in the competition is, or like the, the you know, the, the sort of um, the satisfaction that you can get from that competitive experience is actually going to be, um more important than your say day-to-day enjoyment um but yeah i mean just a quick one then with obviously we're in the open now and this is sort of more of like a you know um you know you, you guys have to go through this to sort of get to the to the stage that they are looking to get to so it's not their season it's not the end of this it's not their competition as such you know they're looking to go beyond that um but pre competition, so before the games, that type of stuff. How much autonomy are we looking at there? How much collaboration are you looking at there? Are you are you a little bit more no, this is exactly what we do, or is it is it is it fairly the same, but you're just both looking at it from like a bit of a different angle and a different context?
1: Uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you for this year. Um just because it's the first time, will be I mean, if everything yeah, it's
0: really goes, good plan
1: goes, you know, it will be it will be different. Um, the biggest hurdle that we've got to get over for Jamie is the travel down to Australia, the quarantine she has to go through, and then just trying to get her um, as close to game ready at the back end of that. So um, that's that's probably the biggest one that we're going to do. It's going to be an element of autonomy there um, because. We don't know what's going to be available in the in the quarantine piece. Uh, previously, um, it's not it's it's not really been um, uh, um, athlete led in the past. Um, it's more a question of um, when do you want to train, what do you want to do. this focus on these key elements uh, and then going through it from there. And then um, yeah, just more of a change change up towards uh, the games. You know, more strongman, more. Uh, sandbags, more running, more swimming, um, so more of those, you know, things which are, are slightly broader, um, you, you know, just just because, and it has been in the past, you can kind of guarantee what's going to pop up in the open, you can kind of guarantee what's going to pop up in the, the intermediary stages, depending on the level of competition, depending where it's located, okay and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, it's an exciting one this time. Just because um, it's new, it's novel, um, and and we get the check in more, more more volume, you know. So uh, little things like um, training setup. So whereas previously they get a yoke out, for example, was a bit of a nightmare, and then all of a sudden the session ends up being wow. three hours long. So you've got to put the weights away, get the weights away. There's other people using you know bits and pieces, stuff like that, which is going to be really interesting, you know, in terms of like you know turning up. We've got everything set up. We get it done. Push it away. there's loads, loads of different things. So when it comes in terms of like um,
0: the best, the best kitted out strength and condition facility in the UK. No, no, I say, you know, you got you got good access to everything there. I think, yeah, well, like that, that 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 is a big thing.
1: One of the big things is that you know, um, the guy, the guys can't if they if they are to progress to the quarterfinals, they can't do one of the workouts here because we don't meet the requirement when it comes to the rope. So there's a climbing rope in the quarterfinals. So we, you know, we have to, we're already looking, you know, to go to a facility the guys feel comfortable with and they do the equipment there and sort you of know, something. So, you know, there's, there's, there's elements like that, which are you going know, to be coming and challenging and, you know, Whereas uh, an athlete has to be yeah. autonomous in order to do that, because they are, are the yeah. ones who then have to go and approach gym. You know, there's loads of different things, you know, in terms of that level of autonomy, because it's you know they, it, you know, they have to go and find 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 said said equipment, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so I had one uh, one athlete, Emily. She's like, I need to do more muscle ups. So bang. What we do, we put more muscle-ups into the program. Um, You know, so when there there has to be that element of request, because if we come back to what the original thing was, is in terms of why the autonomy should be there, it's because that athlete has the confidence in their ability, no end the push, no end the pull back. That's, you know, what Emily's done there, is that she's shown autonomy in terms of, I want to do muscle-ups, we have not done enough, because I want to be able to feel great, confident, go onto the store, into the competitive environment that I've got. That work. I've got that breadth of um, you know, having done the exercises in the run-up to give them confidence. I think that's the that's that's the big one. It's like um, with the wall walks. Those who've done wall walks quite regularly are they going to be going in more confident into the workout in the open? Yes, All right. Um, and that's why there's a load of different names towards the top of the leaderboard. Is because. Some people might have a background of doing more wall walks than others, you know. So Mate, um, it, was,
0: it, was, it was like that acrobat who did seven minutes of burpees. The, uh, the, uh, the Russian guard.
1: guy did him, in, yeah. did him in the Reebok Zigs. It was the Reebok Zigs that made him have uh, all those burpees. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bloody hell, those
1: shoes. But it's interesting. Like you, so you have a look at the, 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 the kind of the, the separation. I mean, you have a look at the, uh, the women there's a lot of familiar faces within the top if you have a look at the guys very different and I just think you know as, as one of those workouts come in as the, and it always happens right that the field always narrows down the more workouts that they come in but there is only three um, you know you'll see a couple of those more familiar faces pop up you know? um, the only reason being is is that um, yeah a lot of those athletes probably just didn't were doing the exercise. Does that make sense? So I mean, PKG did three, did it three, uh, three times, and so did Jonikowski, right? Or twice or something, and they got better every time. And as we said at the beginning of this conversation, I came off the wall and I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna get people can people will get a better score every time they do that work if if they're well trained."
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the um, you know the was the power athlete definition of athleticism. It's overcoming the the known and the novel task, which sounds very similar to yeah, something through else. The but. Shapes, <laughs> through,
1: through the shapes and positions, like I can't, I'm yeah, always yeah. To remember <laughs> yeah. like, It's just a really yeah. good one, but it's just a little bit too complicated.
0: But it is, I,
1: it is, I, yeah. My, my term of athletics is uh, being able to see something and do something, or at least give it a go. Yeah. I have the confidence to give it a go. You know, it's just like, give yeah, it a crack.
0: Yeah, after, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'll give that one a go.
0: Yeah, ha- having the confidence, I think, is a, is a key one there. But um, I think I think that's a good spot to um, to wrap up. There's definitely some good conversation there, um, and um, I think I think big big sort of underlying theme to that conversation that wasn't necessarily um, thrown out there at the beginning was sort of this this idea of autonomy and um, the sort of different layers of autonomy that is important for people to have. You know, when you are a beginner, it's, it's important that you um, you get to work, you, you get the volume under your belt, and you um, you try to make sure that you, you get the the best process possible. But then obviously as as you get more experience in the sport, it's important that you um, are able to figure out what it is that you, you need to work on because that's that's the key here. Um, but I'm going to... Let, let's do a little thing. We're not going to predict what 22, 21.2 is going to be, but we're going to call a repeat workout that it should be and that we want it to be potentially. So one repeat workout that you think might be coming up in the Open this year, based on the equipment that we have, based on the, the workout that's just been, uh, Snatch, do you reckon?
1: It's not it's, not, it's not, it's the dumbbell snatch, maybe Burpee Rocks jump over um, Or some variation of that. Yeah, is that uh, cause the one? Because I like, I don't think I hit. well, I just don't know, right, I just don't know. But like, we don't know what equipment everyone's got. Does that make sense? So, like, some people might have a barbell, but they might have a barbell with only like a couple of pounds. Does that make sense? So, I guess you want to. You, you've said there's a barbell in there, but they've not they've not stipulated how much load that you need. So maybe we see, maybe we see, um, fifty hang snatches, um, yeah, and then burpees. The, the, the barbell swings. Bar swings, and then we have like a jump over burpee jump bar facing burpee. You know, that's gonna be devastating because you don't even have to jump over that, you know what I mean? So, who knows? You know, that'd be, that'd be something good. One so, something along that, those lines. I
0: think, I think that I think key. Um, which one was it? 20.5? No, not 20.5, 19.5. I think that will come up. Thruster pull up, yeah, 33
1: I mean, uh, I, like to, I mean, I I might even say, like you know, with a pull-up station, they might even just do it for toaster to bar, uh, because you actually need less headroom. So I, I, I. Don't true, know. true,
0: true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's actually that's been an inconvenience for many people who are working off of like a, a pull-up bar in a in a um, in a garage gym is is just not being able to do stuff on it other than toaster bar.
1: Maybe, maybe that uh, that right, depends on the height, I guess.
0: Knees to elbow. They're going to bring it back. Knees to elbow. <laughs> I think last time knees to elbow was in anything was what, 220? No, I think it was toes the to bar were not included until the twenty you know, 2009 games in the uh, final when they had that chipper, the Miko Salo one. And everyone was like, what are, the, what are these toes the to bar? And they are like, it's just knees to elbow, but your toes touch the bar instead. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway.
1: All right. Nice one, then, right, buddy. Then. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Cheers, buddy.